Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. Today's podcast is being brought to you by our 12-week business acceleration course. We run this course as what I would call a hybrid. It's got a completely do-it-yourself option. It's also got a, a an option that includes group coaching and some one-on-one coaching, and then another option with more of that private coaching. If you are an emerging speaker, I think you're going to want to check out this program, which really helps you do a deep dive into all things wealthy speaker. We we really follow our ready, aim, fire process. If you want to check that out, go on over to speakerlauncher.com and click on courses and you'll see more information about that there. Today's podcast is called Turning One Article into a Seven-Figure Business and our guest expert is Amy Morin. Amy, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I cannot wait to hear how you did this. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Now, I want to read uh, Amy's bio for everybody. Amy Morin is a psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and international best-selling author. Her advice has been featured by media, out- media outlets across the globe, including CNN, Fox News, Time, Forbes, and Inc. Uh, that is, Amy, the shortest and sweetest bio that I have ever read on this podcast. <laughs> Normally, really? we go on for like two and three <laughs> more paragraphs. And so it's obvious to me that you have not been tainted yet by the speaking industry <laughs> and, the, and the incredibly long bios that we use here. So well done on that. <laughs> I feel like everybody has a short enough attention span and after the first paragraph, people tune it out anyway. There you go. There you go. Well, um, your life took an unexpected turn a while back and I just like would like to talk to you about what has gone on in your life that led to writing this article. So it started, I was about uh, 22, 23 when I first uh, became a therapist and I'd launched my therapy business. Um, was really happy and I thought, this is great. I'm going to teach other people how to be mentally strong. And then shortly after, my mother passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. She had a brain aneurysm and she was only 51 and it was one of those situations where she was here one minute and gone the next. Wow. And it really taught me, okay, um, I have to use all these skills. I was teaching other people. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just about teaching other people how to be mentally strong, but it's about building my own mental strength too. And then on the three-year anniversary. It was three years to the day of when my mom died. My 26-year-old husband died of a heart attack. And it was a surreal place to be, to be a 26-year-old widow was the strangest thing. And we had created all these goals and all of these things we wanted to do together. We'd become foster parents. And I just thought, okay, now I have to decide what do I want to do on my own? Which goals do I want to let go of? And the grieving process was painful and long and it was dark. And again, it was about saying, okay, I've been, as a therapist, I've been helping people deal with similar Mm -hmm. situations. Now it's all about figuring out what am I going to do? And it took a long time for the grief to start to lift and for my heart to heal. But a few years later, I found love again. I got remarried and life was looking up. 
bought a new house. We moved to a new area. I got a new job and I thought, okay, this is great. And shortly after that, my father-in-law was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I just remember thinking, this isn't fair. How can something really Come on. Right. And I had to lose yeah. somebody else. I just, I, you know, I just felt like, oh, as in the past few years, I've lost so much. And so I remembered, okay, thinking that way isn't helpful. So I sat down and I wrote a list of all the things that would drain me of mental strength. And when I was done, I had a list of 13 things. And they were really just the bad habits that I was tempted to do, but ones that I knew uh, weren't good for me. And so I would read over that list and think, all right, don't do this, don't do this. And so after a few days, I thought, you know, this list is helpful. And if it's helpful mm -hmm. to me, maybe it would help somebody else. So I published it online and walked away from my computer, not imagining that that many people would read it. But within a matter of days, it was read by millions and millions of people and celebrities and NFL players and the prime minister of New Zealand are all tweeting about it. <laughs> and within a couple of days after that, Forbes magazine said, oh, we want to reprint your list. And it's gone on to be read by 50 million people. And I never imagined that that would happen. Certainly didn't set out to do it, but it's made my life take this strange uh, sharp left-hand turn and change the entire course of, of my career. And of course, at the time, nobody knew that I wrote that list because I struggled with it. I was getting calls from the national media uh -uh. saying, great, come on TV and tell us all about mental strength. Oh, this nobody, wasn't, it wasn't a, written into the article about where. It wasn't. The, re, oh. the original article was basically the list of 13 things with uh -huh. a, a quick blurb about each of them. And so mm. I was thrilled a literary agent called me and said, you should write a book. And I said, well, I got to tell you the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. And I explained the backstory. So I didn't write this list because I mastered it. I wrote it because I struggled with it. Right. And she said, oh, well, you, know, you could include that in the book. And at first I was hesitant. I said, I'm a mm -hmm. therapist. I, I don't tell people about my life. I listen to people tell me about theirs. But I really thought about it. And I thought, well, you know, perhaps that'll give me a little bit more credibility if I share the backstory. And so within a month of writing the article, we had an offer from HarperCollins and the book was done a year later and the rest is sort of history at this point. There uh, and, and and but the history is actually uh, part of it too because that led you into our profession to speaking. So you did all of this in 2013. They wrote you wrote the article, but really, um, let's hear the history because I think that's really intriguing to the, our listeners. Of okay, so you just published it where on your own blog site. Yeah, I put it on my own blog site and I put it on a website called Lifehack. Um, okay. And from there, it started to get reprinted. It's on Business Insider now and Forbes and Psychology Today, but all sorts of places were asking me, can we reprint your article or can we interview you for the media? And um, national TV shows and radio programs were talking about it. And out of that, I started getting calls for speaking engagements. Right. I, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no and, idea. And and getting up and sharing such a personal, heart-wrenching story, were you hesitant to do that at first? I was. You know, um, as, a, as a therapist, we sometimes give presentations on something like domestic violence, or we go into schools to talk about ADHD to parents, stuff like that. But we usually don't talk about our own lives, our own struggles. Mm -hmm. And so that was really different for me. And so I you know, had the temptation of saying, I'll just do a 
really boring PowerPoint presentation of the 13 things <laughs> and not explain anything. But I knew that wasn't what people uh, would resonate with people. They wanted, you know, the, the story behind it too. So. Gotcha. Well, and, and as you've likely learned uh, being in the industry now for what, five years um, is that stories are what really make it. Stories are what people latch on to. Stories, when somebody uh, runs into you in the airport, they're going to tell you their story that relates back to what your story was. It, they're not going to remember point number 11 on the list, likely. Exactly. And they don't remember the the studies and the, all the facts and figures, but it's the emotional story that they right. took away. Right. Yeah. I can resonate with your losing your mom. I lost my brother a year older than your mom was. Um, from the same thing, exactly oh, really in the same way. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, that would be what I would want to tell you at the airport is, you know, Oh, I, I remember your story. It hit me so hard because I can right. relate to that. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens when I, when I speak is I get people that come mm-hmm. up to me afterward and say, I feel like you were telling my story or here's my situation. Cause we've all lost somebody. And, yeah. um, so people can relate to that raw pain. So obviously the 13 things were resonance. So why don't we just run through what they are? We don't have to do deep dive. Is that okay if we just kind of touch on each of the 13 and so that people will know what they are? Sure. Okay, cool. So what's number one? Um, I, then I have to think, am I going to do it in the order that I, that I talk about it or the order that it's in the book? Okay. Um, I guess I'll do, I'll do the order that it's in the book. The first, number one is that mentally strong people don't feel sorry for themselves. Mm. Okay. And which you, now that you know my story, yeah, you know why that that's makes more one. sense now that I know that story. Okay, good. And number two, that they don't give away their power. Mm-hmm. Number good. three, they don't shy away from change. Okay. Number four, they don't focus on things that they can't control. Number five, they don't worry about pleasing everyone. Mm. Number six, they don't fear taking calculated risks. Number seven is that they don't dwell on the past. Number eight, that they don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Mm. Number nine, they don't resonate, they don't resent other people's success. Number 10, they don't give up after their first failure. Number 11, they don't fear alone time. Number 12 is that they don't feel like the world owes them anything. Number 13 is that they don't expect immediate results. Wow. No wonder this was such a powerful article. You know, I remember, I remember looking at the article before and just kind of, um, you know, glancing over the list. And now that I kind of see it in front of me, having written it down, it's really, it's a really good list. I mean, obviously it resonates. It's a really damn good list. And uh, I think I, I think I may have to uh, print it and share it and keep it posted. I'll certainly be printing it, uh, be uh, sharing it with some of my family members because it's such um, so many of these things, you know, are just important. It's it maybe things that we heard before, but I think there's a lot of people in this world who haven't heard these things. 
Yeah, I think so too, that some people will say, gosh, you know, this is stuff maybe your grandmother would have taught you. And other people say, you know, I just never really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, why would you talk about what not to do? But, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of saying let's work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. And I think you can talk about mental strength and just like you could physical strength. If I wanted to become physically strong, I can go to the gym and lift weights. But if I really want to see muscle definition, I should probably quit eating a dozen donuts. Mm-hmm. And mental strength is the same. There's so much out there about self-improvement and ways to, to make your life better. But if you have any of these 13 bad habits, you're more like a hamster in a hamster wheel. If you give up those bad habits, the good ones become much more effective. So you really become known, and I love the term mental strength trainer. I think that is, you know, you are helping people. Uh, you are helping people really exercise these muscles and get better and better and better in that. So let's talk about who is hiring you because of that language. Yeah, I get a variety of opportunities for speaking. So my um, my second book was a parenting spinoff. So that's led to some new business too. So sometimes it's schools. Sometimes I'll speak to schools during the, during the day. I'll talk to the kids. And then in the afternoon, I can talk to the the faculty. And then in the evening, I can talk to the parents. Uh, parents. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's private companies who want their employees to become mentally stronger. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of uh, corporations and that sort of thing. And conferences as well. Sometimes um, big conferences that want to want a speaker to, to be able to talk about mental strength. And the good news is, is it's uh, relevant to any industry. It doesn't matter if you're in sales or you're into marketing or you're working in a doctor's office. My um, clientele have ranged from the American Academy of the Pediatrics to mm-hmm. the National Nuclear Security Administration. There's been a huge swath. Wow. Okay. So mental strength is something that everyone could use. And perhaps it's industries that do go through a lot of change, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's quite often the case. And I think it's also companies that are realizing that uh, that mental strength is the employer's business. Because I think for a long time, things like mental health or psychological well-being were just sort of taboo. Mm-hmm. We thought, well, it's none of my business or somebody's struggling with depression. That's their issue. But we're realizing that your your mental state really affects how productive you are, how well you get along with people in the office, how how well you perform your job. And so I'm so excited that so many companies these days are starting to to look at that and embrace that and say, you know, let's bring somebody in who can teach us preventative measures and who can help us perform at our best. Yeah. And here in Canada, we have a big focus of um uh, on mental health and uh, there's a whole national day for it and uh, called let's talk. It's, it's a really strong program and I think it's helping to get the word out there and you're looking and they really are trying to educate you on, you know, if your coworkers doing this, this is how you might respond. And I really love that. Um, I really love that bell who's our big telephone company here is uh, sponsoring it. So you identify as a psychotherapist a kind of first and foremost and you have uh, you you wrote this article and tell us how your life has changed since all of this has happened what are some of the really good moves that you've kind of made in your business to bring it to where it is today sure so early on i thought all right i'm a therapist who who writes. I had started writing part-time before this article went viral, and it was just a way to earn extra income after I was widowed. 
And, uh, but I really viewed it as my side hustle. Uh-huh. And so of course, after the article came out, things changed. And um, with the, uh, with a book coming out, I thought, all right, am I a therapist who was fortunate enough to write a book uh-huh. or can I make a go of it? And so I stayed working as a therapist uh, for quite a while after the first book came out. And then at some point realized not everybody gets an opportunity like I do. And if I keep working as a therapist, I won't be able to maximize it. So I, I took a break as a therapist and said, uh, let's see what, what happens if I really go out and push this. And then I was fortunate enough to write a second book. And I have a third book that's coming out. And we're in 32 languages right now. Oh, that's and, amazing. Thank you. And. Uh, so that's been a huge change. And then I, I was living in Maine at the time when the article came out and mm-hmm. uh, my husband and I both work from home and it's cold in the winter. So one February we're thinking, why are we still here? So we decided <laughs> to, to, to move. So we live on a boat in the Florida Keys for most of the year and we still come to Maine when we, um, when we get away from the heat. But for the most part, we, we get to to be wherever we want to be. Okay. Our listeners know that I am all over that because it's all about lifestyle here on the Wealthy Speakers Show. So I'm assuming you've got some really good Wi-Fi on your boat. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, thankfully. You work from anywhere. I mean, right. That's fantastic. Wait right. That is exactly what, you know, I, we're encouraging people to do is to not have the business run you. You run the business. Be in charge of the things that are going to make you happy. Exactly. And so my husband's dream had been to live on a boat his whole life, and it it wasn't particularly my dream. Mm-hmm. But it was. When I'm always up for an adventure. I don't really know that much about boats, but I said, let's do it. And so within a couple of months, we packed up and just grabbed a suitcase and a dog and a cat and said let's go and um <laughs> there's a dog in the catalog the yes they're, that they're, makes it more entertaining <laughs> they've both become sailors so ah. so we just did it we um we spend a lot of time tied to a dock we're not like circumnavigating the globe or anything but yes. um but we get to be on the water and then mm-hmm. when we want to go out sailing we can do it and when you don't want to you you don't have to and, and were you where were you for the hurricane did you tuck yourselves away somewhere Yes, we uh, were in Maine at the time and oh, just good. sort of watching to see what would happen. And we were very, very fortunate. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so many people weren't and a lot of boats sunk and houses were damaged, but we were really fortunate. Our boat was fine. I'm glad. Um, you mentioned adventure. And so talk about uh, what you do. You you were widowed at a young age and your husband was 26, was he? Yes, he was. And so uh, talk about what you do to celebrate his birthday every year. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I was really about, okay, what do you do on those tough days, whether it's a holiday mm-hmm. or the anniversary when somebody dies, but we were approaching what would have been his 27th birthday. And I said to my mother-in-law, what do you think we should do? I didn't want to go to work. I knew I wouldn't be an effective mm-hmm. therapist that day, but I said, if I just take the day off and stare at the walls, it's not going to be a, a very good day either. And so she said, I think we should go skydiving. And I said, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, here's this woman who was, she was in her mid fifties at the time and she's like, let's just do it. So we did uh, and it turned it into a day that we look forward to. So every year we pick an adventure to go on. We've been swimming with sharks. We rode mules into the Grand Canyon, uh, whitewater rafting. We always find something to say, all right, let's, 
let's take this day and it's turned into a family and friend activity and, and just celebrate life and say, you know, how fortunate I was to have had him in my life, even though it wasn't as long as I would have hoped. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for what I had and I'm grateful that his family still embraces me, even though I'm remarried. Um, mm -hmm. They are still a huge part of my life. And uh, you know, how lucky am I to, to have that? And so that's what we do every year. So actually just a couple of weeks ago, we went on this big ATV tour in the woods. It was a great time, but it's turned it into a day that we, we really love. So instead of hosting a pity party mm -hmm. that day, it's become something that we just uh, really look forward to. I have a few people in my life that I may say, hey, I think you might want to listen to this podcast because <laughs> I just love how you turn that around. Something that could be just so, so sad. Uh, and this list is incredible. One of the things I really like on the list is about um, taking risks. What's the language around that again? Um, that they don't fear taking calculated risks. Okay. I like that. So uh, talk about some of the risks that you have taken in your business. Yeah. So, you know, again, as a therapist, I wasn't um, particularly business savvy. I always had some sort of side hustle, but, um, and my second husband and I, we'd run an online e-commerce business for a while. So I was familiar with this space, but okay. not, not to this scale. So I thought, okay, what do we do? How do we do this? And so I think I, one big risk was, um, we both gave up our, our day jobs and said, let's do this. We had no idea what was going to happen or if we'd earn enough money to, to make a living, but it turned out to be the best choices we've ever made. And, and then figuring out um, which revenue streams to, to go down. How do you, do we, um, yeah, if so many online businesses, then you kind of know all of the smorgasbord of options. So tell us what, what avenues you did go down. And I really want to emphasize the people who have quit their job to go and do this. You might've had a little bit of revenue under your belt before you did it. Is that how, how it went down? Yes. And so, and I was already in a space where I thought, okay, I'm, I'm writing half time. So if I decide to write full time, um, yeah. it won't be a problem. Plus the book uh, paid well. So I was able Good. to, I knew, and I knew there'd be more payments coming in for that as well. Good. And so one of the things we did was we decided to create an online course. And mm. so my, my husband and I, we run the business together and, um, and decided, all right, let's do that. And that's obviously an investment of time, but it was also an investment of money to, to hire people to help with the graphics and the video and that sort of thing. Um, and then my husband's the one who keeps it up and running and does the support chats and all that sort of thing. I love it. Tell us about the course because we want to do a little plug for it here. Uh, so the course is about the three core factors of mental strength. Mm. And so I talk about the um, how to change the way that you think, how to regulate your emotions and how to deal with your behavior so you can take positive action. Those are the three factors. And I wanted it to be something that if somebody had read my book, that the course would still be helpful. Right. But on, on the other hand, I wanted to make sure, because some people are into reading these days. You'll hear, it, you'll, you'll hear it differently if you, even if you read the book and then took the course, you would, you learn differently, right? Exactly. And I wanted it to be uh, something that, that people could feel like, you know, they really took something away from it. And so, um, you know, there's graphics and there's video content and there's a workbook and there's some interactive things in there. There's a few games in there just to bring stuff to life. And, uh, but I wanted it to be something that if nobody had ever heard of mental strength, that it would still make sense. And, uh, I get a lot of people from all over the globe who will say, okay, I just need to, I need to know how do I do this mental strength thing? 
And um, so I have people taking it from, I think, 52 countries, something crazy like that. That's amazing. And it's only $97. I'm just clicking on here because uh, I think that it's really important. Uh, There are people in our world who may want to take this course. Let's talk about how to find out about it if they'd like to do that. Sure. It's on my website, which is Amy Morin, LCSW is in licensed clinical social worker.com <laughs> because Amy Morin was taken. Oh, drat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's and when it came to When it came to figuring out the price too, I had people that would say, oh, you should charge a thousand dollars if you're going to mm-hmm. have a course or other people that were, no, you should charge $9 and 99 cents and get mm-hmm. the volume of people and lots of different advice from people. And it was really about figuring out, well, what, what do I feel comfortable with? I wanted mm-hmm. to make it affordable. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to devalue it at $10. So I wanted to make sure as I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into making it. So I wanted to make sure that I charged enough, but yeah, it's about finding that balance. And, and so did you have a following when you launched this course? This was one of our good, bad and ugly podcast uh, factors was people, a lot of people do launch courses without having a lot of followers, but I'm assuming you had a lot, a large readership already, right? Um, I think I think the course came out probably a year after the book did. So I was okay. just starting to get a following. Okay. And I didn't do like a huge launch like I know so many other people do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do the whole affiliate thing. I just was like, I'm just going to see what happens. Because what was happening was so many readers would email me and they wanted therapy. And I don't do mm-hmm. therapy online. There's way too many rules with HIPAA and confidentiality and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But so basically that's all I've done to market it is when somebody emails in and says, Hey, I have this problem or I want more information. Where can I go? I just point them to my course. Perfect. That's a perfect solution. And I love that you're, you have people all around the world taking this course. Yeah. Because the book's in 32 languages, we have people from everywhere. I've never, the course isn't translated into any other languages. It's something I've thought of. Mm -hmm. It's only in English, but, um, Thankfully, so many people around the globe speak English, um, and a lot of them just don't have access to to treatment. They don't have access to talking to anybody. For a lot of people, it's taboo in a lot of countries to even right. say, "Gosh, I'm struggling" or "I am worried about something." So it's a great opportunity to offer that. And one of the other things that I've done that's kind of gone against the grain is everybody says you have to have a blog and you have to draw all this traffic to your site. Mm-hmm. I've kind of done the opposite. I don't maintain a blog on my site, I, but I use other people's websites. So I write for Forbes, I write for Inc. Magazine, and I write for Psychology Today, and I write for a website called Very Well. And in a lot of those, I'm able to link back to my site and bring people there. And so that helps to um, sell the course. But you don't need your own blog. I don't worry about having a blog. And I've had so many people over the years say, you know, you're missing out and you should do that. But I haven't found that to be the case. I'm happy with the way things are right now. You know, that's the beauty of this industry is there is not only one way to do it. We never get on this show and say, you have to do this. You have to do that. You know what? For everything we talk about, there's somebody who's doing it completely the opposite and having great results. And that is cool too. Right. And I think for me early on, so many people offered me advice and I'd look at somebody else's business model and think, oh, am I, am I doing this wrong? But mm-hmm. then I just learned, no, I have to pave my own way. Yes. Yes. Well, kudos to you because not only have you paved a nice path for yourself, it sounds like it's led to the pot of gold. So good for you for uh, all of the things that you have done right. Now, if you would like to know more, go to amymarin.com. 
I keep saying it wrong, Morin, amymorin.com. Yep. Oh, wait, wait, we need the initials. Right, amymorinlcsw.com. Dot com, okay, and you'll see eCourse right up there. And $97, come on, guys, that is a total steal. And uh, I think you should do it. And also grab the book. I'm assuming it's on Amazon and lots of different places. It is. In fact, Walmart just picked it up. It's in Target. It's oh, fantastic. All sorts of places. Yeah. Fantastic. I smell a fee rise on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my brain goes as a coach. Okay, right. Great. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're going on to the next level. All right. Um, well, I want to tell you, thank you so much for allowing us to kind of come on this fun and exciting journey with you of turning one article into a seven-figure business. What are the other, um, you've done books, you've got your e-course. What are some of the other revenue streams that you have or have we covered them? Uh, yeah. So my book is, um, now that I'm book number three comes out this year and because it's in 32 languages, that's still uh, my bread and butter. Wow. What's um, this one called? It'll be the 13 things mentally strong women don't do. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. We'll have to keep our eyes out for that. So that's my bread and butter. Uh, speaking um, has grown over the years to probably become my um, number two uh, or number three revenue source. Mm-hmm. Uh, the e-course is right up there too. And then I get paid to write articles. Um, when I write for Forbes and Inc. and Psychology Today, uh, I get paid. And a lot of them I get paid by the traffic, uh, how many page views. So the more popular content I write, the better it is. So they mm. all just sort of plays off of each other. And then I didn't mean to, to do coaching, but that sort of happened over the years. <laughs> that I get, <laughs> right. I get uh, requests from people who just say, you know, gosh, I, a lot of therapists um, or people who just say, I want to write a nonfiction book. I have no idea how to get an agent. I don't know how to start. Uh, what advice do you have? And people who want to launch into the speaking business too, if they watch my TEDx talk or something else, they say, I want to become a motivational speaker. How do I do that? So I just, after a while, I kept getting the same questions over and over. So I said, maybe I'll do a little bit of coaching. So I don't advertise it, but when people come to me, sometimes I'll say, great, I'll jump on a phone call. Here's my fee and um, do a little bit of that too. Fantastic. Wow. You are just a going concern. And I, I just absolutely love that this large lifestyle that you've carved out for yourself after having uh, you know, gone to that pretty serious school of hard knocks for several years in a row. Um, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story and sharing how you turned that around into be something that is just so magnificent for your business. Well, thank you so much. Loved having you here. And if those of you who are listening in, if you would like to leave a comment, please do so or uh, rate us on iTunes. We love it when we get um, some good, strong ratings. And, um, just write in to us and let us know what has resonated for you. We're going to post in the show notes. We will post links to everything that we've talked about, including the article that took everything off in the first place for Amy. So once again, Amy, thank you so much for being here. And with that, we will say we'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Wealthy Speakers Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free wealthy speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, wealthy speakers.